Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. And welcome to Candid Catholic Convos. So, how are you doing with your New Year's resolution? Yep, I went there. We're now two weeks into 2022. And just a few short nights ago, we felt hopeful, we rejoiced, and we optimistically declared that this year we would become the best versions of ourselves. But if you've already messed up on your New Year's resolution, guess what? You're in good company. According to a study conducted by the University of Scranton, just 8% of people actually achieve their New Year's goals, while around 80% fail to keep their New Year's resolutions. 80%. If you're like me and have been feeling a lot like Rocky Balboa at the end of a 12-round brawl these last two years, hearing 80% failure rate and thinking about your own shortcomings is just defeating. So today, whether you've been steadfast and consistent in your resolution or you've fallen down a time or two, or you decide to start making changes now or next week, I say we be like St. Anthony the Great and proclaim, Today I begin. Let's start by getting back to basics. What is a New Year's resolution? Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines a New Year's resolution as a promise to do something differently in the new year. For many of us, the benchmark of beginning a new year, breaking out a brand new calendar, is like starting a new chapter. We have a brand new page to write our stories on, and our story is ideal. It's the triumph of optimism over pessimism. It instills in us a sense of hope and trust. We use our New Year's resolution, that defining turn of the calendar, that benchmark, as our jumping-off point into being the best person we can be. This is my year. I'm going to stop eating out I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. I'm going to exercise every day or read X amount of books. 
But as we saw last year and the year before that and the year before that, it doesn't always work out that successfully. Again, 80% of people fail to keep their New Year's resolutions. Why? Because we get too excited. Hear me out. Most New Year's resolutions are grand in scale and come with lofty aspirations. We want change and we want it fast. What they don't come with is a plan. You see, many of us identify our New Year's resolutions grounded in things which bring about fear, shame, regret, or guilt because of a false paradigm we've created about ourselves, like losing weight or quitting smoking or exercising more. I'll be more successful if. I'll be loved more if. Research shows that motivation via a negative emotion is usually the least effective for adopting new behaviors and habits, and that starting a resolution by reframing our objective is more beneficial. For instance, I will quit eating junk food can be reframed with a more approachable orientation, meaning we are moving toward our desired state. By saying, I will cook more meals at home. Okay, so you have your big dream and you've reframed it from a positive perspective. Now, how are you going to actually make it happen? Because sometimes our problem isn't starting work on our goal, it's finishing it, right? We need to rely on consistency rather than intensity. Going back to my Rocky reference, my favorite line from the Rocky movies didn't actually come from one of the original movies. It came from the 2015 movie Creed. If you haven't seen the movie, it follows the traditional beats of the older Rocky movies, complete with a training montage. And during this montage, Rocky breaks down how the main character, Adonis Creed, needs to approach his big fight. One step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. Let's say your New Year's resolution is to read the Bible in a year. What smaller day-to-day thing can you pledge to do to make this a reality? How about taking the number of pages in your edition of the Bible and dividing it by 365? So if you have 1,760 pages, that rounds out to about five pages a day. There's also any great number of reading plans online. Or maybe you say you want to get fit and healthy by 2023. Great. Now let's create some smaller, measurable offshoots of that goal, like I will move my body every day, or I will go to the gym three times a week to push you closer to your big goal. 80% of resolutions fail not because of lack of willpower, but rather 
because change is complex. January 1st has a big meaning culturally, but that doesn't necessarily always align with our personal rhythm, cycles, and goals. You don't have to have all of your goals figured out by January 1st in order to be successful. That's not even what matters. You can start January 13th or May 28th. What matters is that you get specific, connect with prayer and positive emotion, and do the work. The temptation to fall back into old habits will always be there. It's far easier to go back to being comfortable than it is to get up and make a change. And if you're a perfectionist like me, it's easy to give up when you miss the mark on one day or two days in a row. St. Leo the Great said, We should expect temptation and dangers right from the very first days of our lives. Consider the fact that this happened immediately to Jesus right from the moment he was in the crib. He had only just been born, and already the rage of a tyrant was unleashed against him, forcing him to seek refuge in a land of exile, and his pure and innocent mother was forced to flee with him to a foreign land. This way in which God works shows you that when you have the honor of being committed to some ministry or spiritual service, you will find yourself surrounded by infinite dangers and forced to endure a cruel tragedy you should not be concerned. One step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. You may not know this about me, but I actually have a background in boxing and martial arts, and I like to equate it to a lot of aspects of life, hence all of my Rocky references. If you're in a fight and you get punched in the face or you fall down, that doesn't mean the fight is over. You didn't lose anything yet. What matters is that you get back up. You keep moving forward. G.K. Chesterton has a great saying, if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. That's not to say we should settle for mediocrity, but if it's important to you, if it's your health, your holiness, you should just do it, even if it's not totally perfect. Keep moving forward. If you settle for a life of doing it perfectly, you are never going to do anything because the only one who was perfect was Jesus. Catholicism is not some fluffy faith that says, I must always be comfortable. Our brand, the cross that Jesus was nailed to, was quite literally an institute of Roman torture. We, as followers of Christ, have to be willing to face trials. Sirach chapter 2 verse 5 says, For gold and silver are tested in the fire. The fire, the struggle, and the setbacks are what bring your character out. This is not a time to throw in the towel. And as Catholics, 
we know accomplishing any goal isn't done by sheer willpower and picking ourselves up by the bootstraps. God is in our corner, just like Mickey was in Rocky's. We keep moving forward with the grace of God. So when you're struggling, when you feel like giving up, when it gets hard, remember to go back to your corner, back to God, and ask for help. Ask for his forgiveness. Ask for his strength. And get back out there for the next round. But Rach, I'm so busy. I can't seem to find the time to fit in my New Year's resolution or dedicate any more time to God. I hear you. And I want to challenge you to think of it this way. There are 1,440 minutes in a day. We all get the same 1,440 minutes as Oprah and the Pope. 15 minutes dedicated to prayer or scripture or to whatever will make you into the best version of you is just 1% of your day. 1%. There are plenty of ways to realign your priorities, no matter where they are in the day. Early morning, midday, or before bed. Maybe it's getting up when your alarm actually goes off instead of snoozing it 30 times. Or maybe it's setting your alarm earlier. Maybe it's during your lunch break or after you come home and the kids are all asleep. Instead of turning on the television, why not turn to God for just 15 minutes? If you're busy like me, then you need to schedule 30 minutes. Why? Because clearly you have a lot going on that's stressing you out, and usually prayer is the first thing to go when you actually need more of God's grace to get you through this busy season. You can't pour from an empty cup, so why not let God fill yours up? When God is in our corner, when we rely on his grace instead of our willpower alone, we can accomplish anything. So maybe you can't block out an entire 15 or 30 minutes daily. What if you found God or committed to making changes in other ways? What if we committed to creating little habits of holiness in the pockets of our day? How different would our outlook be? Here are some ways you can sprinkle some holiness throughout your day. As with all of my lists, you can do as many or as few as you like. And this list is by no means exhaustive. Just something to get the wheels turning in your head. You can give a return on your gift. What I mean by that is, when you use a gift, Say a prayer for the person who gave it to you. For instance, if your spouse gave you a piece of jewelry, you could say a prayer for them each time you put it on. You could also commit random acts of prayer by picking someone to pray for throughout the day. 
maybe it's a politician promoting abortion or that car that cut you off in traffic or the clerk at the grocery store checkout line that looks like they've had an incredibly long day. Especially if you're angry or frustrated at the situation, stop, breathe, and say a prayer for whomever is causing you the frustration. Then watch how fast your frustration subsides. Just like you schedule time to go home and see your family, why not schedule time to go see Jesus more? Maybe it's scheduling time for adoration or just committing to going back to weekly mass. He wants to see you. The more time you spend with him, the more he can give you. I was always taught to think coincidences were God's miracles when he decided to remain anonymous. What if you found ways to create coincidences for others? Maybe it's skipping over the nearest parking spot at the store and praying for the person who will eventually park there. Or maybe it's putting your shopping cart away and praying for the next shopper who uses it. I like to shop at the stores that require quarters to use their carts so that I can leave my quarter in the slot and brighten the next shopper's day. If you get great service from someone, call their manager or take the survey at the bottom of your receipt and give them all the praise. Managers love to hear how their employees went above and beyond, and employees love to hear that they've actually made a difference. So if your day was made brighter by someone in the service industry, speak up and let them know. Unknown seating arrangements always give me anxiety. I never know who I'm going to be sitting next to or what their mood will be. The next time you're on a plane or at an event, why not try asking God to arrange your seating and conversations and see if you're pleasantly surprised? Intermittent fasting is all the rage in the diet and fitness world right now. It's a practice of fasting for a certain number of hours each day and only consuming food during an acceptable window. As Catholics, we know the importance of a good, serious, and prayerful fast. But there's no reason you can't incorporate a daily fast into your life as well. It could be as simple as skipping the fries or soda with your meal, or committing to a meat-free day of the week. The only time I enjoyed waiting in line was at Disney World, where their lines create an experience for you in the waiting. Our day-to-day lives might not be as glamorous as Disney World, but we can still learn to enjoy the wait. While we're waiting for the microwave or for someone to answer our call, try saying a quick prayer and enjoying the moment of the waiting. At the end of almost every transaction I've been a part of, it always ends with, thank you, have a good day. Why not mix it up a bit and try, thank you, have a blessed day. 
or God bless you and see how many smiles you get in return. When I was in first grade, our school was on a busy street. Almost daily, we would see lights and hear sirens. And every time we did, our teacher would make us stop and say a Hail Mary. I still keep this practice every time I'm driving and see an ambulance, fire, or police vehicle, and especially if I see an accident. You could use these moments to pray for the person needing the ambulance or whomever is at the end of that police call. Whatever the reason, they could all use some extra prayers. Try practicing some humility. Avoid correcting others if it doesn't really matter. Be okay with being last in line. Thank God for your failures and ask him to lead you to who he wants you to be. Fast some more. And this time, try giving up something hard, like coffee or wearing makeup or scrolling social media. Try dedicating an entire day to not complaining. No complaining at all. Not even about traffic or the weather. None. One of my favorite things to do, and one I teach my kids to do, is to give unexpected gifts. Whenever a friend or anyone we know is having a hard time or is sick, or maybe just needs a pick-me-up. My kids and I run to the store and put together a bag of goodies, then drop it off at their home. We just leave it on the doorstep, and I send them a picture of where they can find it. You can do something as simple as that. Or maybe you're blessed that you can actually release someone from their debt. You could send a pizza or baked goods, to the firehouse or police station, or send cards to a nursing home. All of these are bound to create smiles and spread God's love in a small way. I hope this episode inspired you to continue pushing forward, or maybe got your wheels turning for a new habit you can form. From all of us here at the Diocese of Harrisburg, have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash D-A-C and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.
We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze that lasted forever. Great kiss. Those things are really important. <laughs> she got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. What have I done for my marriage today? We've actually organized a date night tonight. What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. Uh, I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. <laughs> today, I sent an email to my husband and I said, you rock. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. Parents want the best education possible for their children. Catholic schools offer parents an affordable, high-quality option that educates the whole child, mind, body, and spirit. Catholic schools have high graduation rates. In the Diocese of Harrisburg, over 98% of our students graduate from high school. Locally, these graduates are offered over $40 million in scholarship funds. Learn more at a Catholic school near you or visit GoCatholicSchools.org. Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their faith are healthier and happier. I'm Bishop Ronald Gaynor. I want to invite you to experience a positive difference in your life by visiting your Catholic parish and encountering Jesus through the sacraments. Do it for your family, do it for yourself, and come home. Remember that God's mercy is and always will be there for you, no matter what your situation. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org to find a parish near you. I'm pregnant. I can't focus. What am I going to do with my baby? My kids are hungry. I can't work. I'm scared. I can't go home. Can somebody, Can help, somebody me? help me? In desperate times, there's a place for hope. Catholic Charities. We help families, children, and those in crisis throughout central Pennsylvania, regardless of your faith. Providing help. Creating hope. Catholic Charities. This program is made possible locally by donations to the Catholic Communication Campaign and the Diocese of Harrisburg. Visit us on the web at hbgdiocese.org. What have you done for your marriage today? For every couple, it's a little different. Um, I sent my husband a love email. We're going to the museums as a family. What have I done for my marriage today? I suppose I, I, I didn't yell at him for anything. At all. I made my wife laugh. That is a big plus for a marriage. Keep her laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Make a change for the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. <laughs> 